they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome to the Bible with the Barbers. My faithful bride is Grandma taking care of our grandson a lot better than I can, so just keep her in your prayers. She's doing great, and she'll be back next Friday, but I'm going to pinch hit for her. And if you heard the Terry and Jesse show, and you heard what we were talking about, the miraculous metal, and how powerful that is to give out to people, uh, i got to just tell you one more story before we get into the Bible study. And that is, you know, I heard this story from the Opus Angelorum many years ago. I wear my medal, my consecration to Mary everywhere I go. But this is a story where it took place right after World War II in Germany, where a gentleman was walking down a country road, and by golly, he heard a bunch of screaming because a little boy was drowning in the lake. And the women couldn't swim, so they were screaming for help. Uh, this man knew how to swim, so he jumped in the water, swam out, and saved the little five-year-old boy's life. Obviously, the mother was ecstatic, right? She said, thank you for saving my son's life. He says, oh, no problem. You know, he's going to continue to walk. That's right after the war. And he says, uh, she says to him, would you, um, can, I, can I give you a nice meal too? Are you hungry? You know, because I want to give you something. Yeah, I'm hungry. Okay, I'll, I'll eat a nice meal. So she makes up a nice meal at the lake for him, and he eats it, and now he's ready to leave. And the mother, who had her son saved by this man, said, can I give you a miraculous medal as a way of commemorating you saving my son's life? And the guy wasn't particularly fervent. He was a Catholic, but not fervent. He said, okay, lady, that's fine. So she put the medal that was on the little boy's neck around his neck, and then he took off. Well, this little this man migrated to Brazil, which a lot of Germans did after World War II, and moved the clock up about 24 years. And now uh, he is in a Catholic hospital because, unfortunately, the man had an addiction to alcohol when he got to Brazil. And he lived on the streets and abused his body. His liver was failing, and he was dying in the hospital. And the good nuns, were trying to get this guy to go to confession because they knew he wouldn't last more than a couple of days. Well, when they tried to get him to go to confession, he chased the nuns out and said, get out of here. Well, the nuns were upset and went back to the convent and talked to Mother Superior. Mother Superior tells him, well, wait a minute. You know, girls, you know Our Lady of Fatima said that souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. We need to pray for this man's conversion. Not only that, you know, we'll pray, but there's a German priest who just has been assigned to the hospital, and he speaks German, obviously. I'm going to ask you to call him and ask if he will go to that man in his room and speak German with him and see if he can get him to get to go to confession. Okay, that's our approach. So the girls are all making their sacrifices for this guy. And then, by golly, they called a priest over, and he says, sure, I'll go see him. What room is he in? They go to the room, and the priest is there, and he says, hey, I noticed in German you've got a miraculous medal around your neck. 
you know, just small talk. Did your mother give it to you? You've had it for years, huh? Yeah, I've had it for a long time, but it wasn't my mother. What happened, Father, is right after World War II, you know, I um, I was walking down a country road, and a little boy was drowning in a lake, and the mother was screaming, help, help, help. So I went in and saved the little boy's life, and the mother gave me a nice meal, and she asked me if I would wear the medal that was on this little boy's neck and as a way of commemorating the saving of his life. So I said, yes, and I've never taken the medal off. The priest looks at him and says, you've got to be kidding me. Are you serious? Yes, Father, that's what happened. The priest looks at him and says, that little boy was me. You saved my life. And the man says to the priest, what? Uh, I did? Well, And he hugs the priest. He says, Father, I'm so glad it was you. And the priest says, yeah, me too. And then what happened was the grace was there. The man said, Father, will you hear my confession? And by golly, that man went to confession, and the very next day he died. I call it a divine mercy moment story. So share that story with your friends. And if you need miraculous medals, pick them up on the Internet. I have, I think, about two more thousand I'm going to be giving away at our evangelization conference on the 14th of January, 2023. And uh, if you want to register for that event, Johnny Romero, Jesse's brother, will be there with me. And we're going to talk a lot, a lot about evangelization. And Miraculous Medals are part of that. So go to vmpr.org or call 877-526-2151 and you can register. Okay, I had to take that five minutes to tell you that story because we get excited about conversions. Now I'm going to mention something on the Bible and the catechism. I'll use a lot of scripture here about the the teaching of the existence of the devil. You know, we've lived in a time where many people inside the church question whether the devil is really real. Yeah, some catechisms, like the Dutch catechism, said that. Well, I'll give you the quotes from the catechism of the Catholic Church that says contrary. But the catechism of the Catholic Church teaches that the final petitions of our Lord's Prayer deliver us from evil refers to evil not as an abstraction, tell that to the modernists, but refers to a person, Satan, the evil one, the angel who opposed God. And I'll give you catechism verses, paragraph 2851, look it up. As St. Peter warned the early Christians, so is it true today. The devil is prowling about like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. So I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today. The book of Revelation states, The great dragon was thrown down that an ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Here it comes. Woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. Look it up. Revelation 12, verse 9 to 12. The fallen spirits rage war against the woman and her children. So Revelation twelve nineteen, That is to say the devil especially attacks the church. And boy, the devil's having a heyday attacking the church today especially using 
people inside the church to do it. Pope John Paul, I should say St. John Paul II said during a visit to the sanctuary of St. Michael the Archangel way back on May 24th, 1987. I remember that. The battle against the devil, which is the principal task of St. Michael the Archangel, is still being fought today. That's why we pray that St. Michael prayer after every Mass. Please do that. He's still active and active in the world, St. Michael is. The evil that surrounds us today the disorders that plague our society, man's inconsistency and brokenness. It's all over. Are we not only the results of original sin, but in addition to that, folks, also the results of Satan's pervasive and dark action? Let's be honest. Satan has been doing a lot of work lately, thinking that a man and a woman can get married. That comes from the pit of hell. That contraception is okay. No, it isn't. God himself is our peace, our refuge, and our security. That's how we fight the devil, by putting our trust in God. He permits the devil to per persecute us. Luke twenty-two thirty-one. Look it up. <clears throat> While at the same time, he expects us to pray for help and ask for protection from the enemy of our souls. Jesus said to his disciples, Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. That's right. See where our power comes from? The word of God is Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. This is Bible with the barbers. You're going to get some more scripture verses here, folks. But the Holy Church, which Jesus founded, has the authority to direct and to make determinations on the correct use of, of this power. For this reason, you know, deliverance is to be sought in accordance with the disciplines of the Holy Catholic Church. And I'm going to quote my favorite exorcist. He's passed back in 2016. Father Gabriel Amorth, he was the chief exorcist in Rome, writes, Satan is our worst enemy. Remember that. It's not your neighbor. <laughs> it's Satan. And he will remind he will remain so until the end of time. So life is a spiritual warfare battle. Yeah. Therefore, he uses all of his intellect and power in an attempt to thwart the plans of God. Who wills the salvation of all? Our strength is the cross of Christ, his blood, his wounds, and obedience to his words and to his institution, the Holy Church, we will therefore review the teachings of the Catholic Church here, folks, on Bible with the Barbers with regard to activity of the fallen angels and what we can do to be free from their influence. That's a big thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about beware of other enemies first. You're listening to the Bible with the Barbers. Terry Barber here filling in with my wife. She'll be back next week. Don't forget, we have a conference coming up on the 14th of January on evangelization and we're going to be giving out miraculous medals there. Why? Because it's all about sharing the gospel. Stay with us family. You're listening to the Bible with the Barbers. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed and if hope was money I'd be a billionaire. Stay with us family after a quick break.
Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back. My wife will be back next week. We're talking on spiritual warfare in the Bible. And I wanted to talk a little bit about a section called Beware of Other Enemies First. So before discussing the topic of how to deal with the, the evil spirits, it's necessary to put forth a serious caution. While we must never deny the real influence of fallen angels have in this world and in our own lives, at the same time we must avoid the danger of attributing all evil and all temptations and sin to the influence of the devil. This is a very important part of spiritual warfare. Sometimes people go to the extreme point. They give the devil too much credit, right? St. Thomas Aquinas, the doctor of the church, very clearly teaches not every sin is committed by the instigation of the devil. We can do it on our own too, you know? But certain sins are from our own free will and bodily corruption. Original sin, right? Come on. Origen wrote this. Must we suppose that the devil is the cause of our feeling hunger or thirst? Nobody would venture to maintain that. I'm of the opinion that the same course of reasoning must be understood to apply to other natural movements as those of covetousness or anger or of sorrow or of all those generally which through the vice of intemperance exceed the natural bonds of moderation. Now, think about this. During his time of trial on earth, man, woman, finds that his decisions, they have consequences, his attitudes, his actions, are influenced by three sources. This is very important. Listen up. This is very Thomistic. Thomas Aquinas type. First, the principal source of man's action is his own nature, which is weakened by that big word concupiscence of sin. Original sin, right? Second, God and his holy angels will give illumination and inspiration. Third, the fallen angels act as tempter and seducer. Father Frederick Faber, one you can count on, speaks about man in these terms. This is it. Really important right here, folks. There are three spirits which men have to deal. Are you ready? The divine, the diabolical, and the human. This last is a definite, is a definite and distinct spirit of itself, consists of our fallen nature. If we don't understand original sin, man, I'm telling you, uh, we have a, we've missed so much, okay? We need to know that so that uh, that mischief, which is the cause in spiritual life, is chiefly a negative character inasmuch as it leads us to act from purely natural motives in a purely natural way apart from grace. It is known by its always gravitating independence of any satanical impulses to peace, Comfort, ease, liberty, and making ample provisions for the body. Earth may be an unhappy place, but it's not the pressure of God's providence. 
which causes most of the unhappiness, nor the roaring of the devil going about seeking whom he may devour. It is the human spirit operating in quarrels, coldness, conceit, rivalry, envy, strife, all these, jealousness, misunderstandings, and an exaggerated idea of slights and wrongs. Now, I think everybody would agree there's very few people who are possessed by a fallen angel. The exorcists tell us that. Very few. But there are legions of people going around the world who are prisoners of their own bad habits. And I might add their sinful inclinations. The most effective way to cast off this bondage is through a very good confession and the practice of Christian humility and charity. What a great combination. Confession. Be humble. Be charitable. And that sounds so basic, doesn't it, folks? But it's very biblical. In judging the source of spiritual difficulties, the church is very sober in its discernment of spirits. One should first determine if there is a natural explanation for a difficulty before concluding that it's of preternatural demonic sources. I want to just mention Dr. Sandoval here on Virgin Most Powerful. He's a medical doctor who works with the Diocese of Orange, and he does exactly that. He is the medical doctor who will go and evaluate a patient to try and make a distinction. Is it demonic, or is it some physical response that medicine can take care of? And many times that is the case. So let's be careful uh, in that respect. Let's, you know, Physical and psychological disorders have to be carefully excluded before concluding that the origin of the person's problems is from a demonic obsession or infestation. When there is a persistent difficulty, the help of an experienced priest is often required for a secure evaluation of the situation. And like I say, a qualified medical doctor who believes in original sin, like Dr. Sandoval. And don't forget, you can listen to his shows on Thursdays after the Terry and Jesse show. Now I'm going to cover something that's very important. We're talking about the doctrine of the Catholic Church on deliverance, the three ways the devil influenced men. Number one, diabolic temptation, diabolical infestation, and local infestation, personal infestation, diabolical possession. Let's go through them. Certainly, you know, the most common manner in which the devil tries to influence all the children of Adam is through temptation. Who doesn't get tempted? You know, the, the point I like to make here on that, let me just get a little water here, is all of us are going to be tempted. But the question is, what did you do with it? You can reject it, and it's not a sin. That's why it's important when people say to me, oh, but I'm getting tempted all the time. Okay, who doesn't? We all do. Reject it. Replace that uh, image, if it's an image, with something holy. Okay? Think of God's, read your Bible, pray your rosary. Replace it. So the book of wisdom says this, and this is another biblical verse I want you to write down. It says, the envy of the devil 
then death came to the world. Wisdom, chapter 2, verse 24. Since that time, he has not ceased to attack and to lay snare for the descendants of Adam and Eve. St. Paul tells us, our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers, against the worldly rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces on high. Write this Bible verse down. Read it. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Seeing that Satan was so bold and, I might add, foolish as to try to tempt Jesus Christ himself. Isn't that amazing? We should not be surprised when we experience the heat of this envy. God allows those attacks to occur for our own strengthening and purification, for our growth in virtue, and for the acquisition of a heavenly merit. We see that in the lives of the saints, and if I get to it in this hour, I'll show and talk, show you how John Vianney was tortured, and it was just, you know, he got merit because he was able to fight the battle with truth. So our contention against the powers of hell would seem an unfair battle given that the devil is far more intelligent and powerful than we. But Again, I want to encourage you to study St. Thomas because St. Thomas Aquinas points out God gives us ample assistance. This is something I want to mention to you because so many people in the church right now are watering this down when they say, oh, You can't be faithful to your wife. Don't worry about it. No, you can be given the grace of the sacrament to say no to yourself and reject any evil. This idea that you have no control, it's not a biblical teaching. Church has always said that grace can overcome the evil. So principally, he gives us his divine grace. Secondly, he gives us a guardian angel, right? Everybody knows that. To help us. Remember I always say the unemployment rate for guardian angels is way too high. Put them to work. Now here's another Old Testament quote I'm going to give you. What Elisha said to his servant applies also to us. Do not be afraid. There are more with us than against us. 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 16. The way the devil acts, let's be honest folks, on us is temptation is through our bodily faculties. You know, our eyes, most commonly through our imagination and our memory. <clears throat> you know, he can also act on our passions by arousing the bodily emotions such as anger, lust, hatred, fear, or sorrow. Though these ways the devil tries to move our intellect and will, which he cannot touch or move directly. I want you to make that point again, that this is something that is very important. The devil will try to move our intellect and will, but he can't touch or motivate us directly. He can do it through other people influencing us, but not directly. It is not always easy to discern whether a temptation is coming from the world, the flesh, or the devil. Yeah, those three areas. It's hard. Nevertheless, It is helpful to determine the source of the temptation so that they can be combated accordingly. So wherever it's coming from, you've got to fight it. One sign that the temptation of a demonic origin is when temptation comes very suddenly. You've had that, I'm sure. 
seemingly from nowhere, is a violent and it is persistent in its endurance. And Tankery writes, this is a spiritual director guy from the turn of the century. He says, very important, he says, one can especially suspect the devil's influence if the temptation casts the soul into a deep and prolonged turmoil. Yep. If it excites a desire for the spectacular, for the strange, and concupiscence mortification, and particularly if it induces a strong inclination to be silent about the whole affair with our spiritual director and to distrust the superiors. That's what he's saying. So it's important to note that despite the intensity and duration of a demonic temptation, despite the fact that it may make a person feel defiled, dirty, and may even cause certain emotions and the body to be aroused, it is still remains just a temptation. And it's not a sin. I repeat that and repeat that. As long as the person is sufficiently tempted, continues to resist and not give consent. I'm going to give you a St. Catherine of Siena statement when we come back here. Bible with the Barbers. Hey, stay with us. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, I'd be a billionaire. I'll be right back with more. Bible Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. The title of this show is going to be How to Fight Evil with the Bible. And boy, we need that. And I wanted to, I gave you a teaser about St. Catherine of Siena. Check this out. This is from the life of St. Catherine of Siena. She presents a good lesson to us. She said, and this is in her dialogue, it's a famous book. She said, the wicked spirit had the permission of God to assail the chastity of this holy virgin with the greatest fury of which he was capable, provided that he did not touch her at all. He made, therefore, all kinds of unchaste suggestions to her heart, and in order to move her still more, coming with his companions in the form of men and women. He com committed thousands of carnal and lascivious um, uh, actions in her sight, uttering also the most unchaste words. Oh boy. And then invitations. And through all this, things were interior. Yet by means of the senses, they penetrated deeply into the heart of the virgin which, as she herself confessed, was filled with them. And her superiors, still alone, remained unshakable by this tempest of obscenity and carnal delectations. And this lasted for a very long time, until one day our Lord appeared to her, and she said to him, Where were you, my sweet Savior? <laughs> We've said that, haven't we? When my heart was filled with such darkness and filthiness. And he answered, I was within your heart, my daughter. Isn't that a beautiful story? And how she replied, Could you have been in my heart within which were so many obscenities? Do you think I would abide in such unpleasant places? And the Lord said to her, Tell me, tell me, did... 
Do you think these unclean thoughts of your heart cause my your pleasure or sadness, <clears throat> bitterness or delight? And St. Catherine said, extreme bitterness and sadness. And he answered her, who was it that put this great bitterness and sadness within your heart but me? Who remained hidden within the depths of your soul? Believe me, my daughter, that I not that I not been present, these thoughts which surrounded your will but were not able to take it by assault would without doubt have prevailed against it, would have entered in, would have been received with pleasure by your free choice and would have thus brought death to your soul. Isn't that great? But because I was within... I put this displeasure and this resistance in your heart by which it resisted the temptations with all its power and not being able to resist as much as it would like, it conceived a still greater displeasure and hatred against the temptations and against itself. And so these troubles were the source of great merit and great profit to you and greatly increased your virtue and your strength. That story of St. Catherine of Sienega, Siena, you know, you think about it. We complain when we're attacked. Or we're that. But you know what? God's building us up. He's giving us opportunities to overcome our shortcomings. Yeah. So much rarer than temptation, it also known to occur is what we call local infestations. I want to define that. Through local infestation, the devil acts over certain places are objects, including plants, animals, and also the ap- atmospheric elements. In this way, the devil seeks to sway man from the means of outside influences. And I want to recommend a book right now by St. Francis de Sales, The Introduction to the Devout Life, <clears throat> because he covers so much on the spiritual warfare aspects, another great saint. So, with regard to the infestation of a place, there are various possible ways the evil spirit may manifest its presence. We've heard about it. Objects may fly through the air or simply be removed from their place. There may be strange and disturbing sounds or other disturbances which are visible and sudden which verify a preternatural presence. Here's another great saint to really think about. The life of St. Anthony way back in the 4th century by St. Athanasius. He recounts the story of St. Anthony at the desert. <clears throat> great man to read about. Venturing into the demon-infested tombs to do combat with the fallen spirits and drive them out. I love this story. The first time he entered, he was so physically battered that his friends had to carry him out. But as soon as he was conscious again, he had his friends carry him back for the second round. Wow. (laughs) And after he had prayed, check this out, he said with a shout, Here I am, Anthony. I flee not from your stripes. But even if you were inflicting more, nothing shall separate me from the love of Christ. 
Can you, can you imagine saying that when someone's persecuting you? And then he's saying, Though it can't be said against me, my heart shall not be afraid. These were the thoughts and words of this ascetic. But the enemy, who hates good, marveling that after, after the blows he dared to return, called together his hounds and burst forth. Okay, the devil's upset at St. Anthony. You see that he that said he that neither by the spirit or lust nor by blows did we say the man, but he, he braves us. Let us attack him in another fashion, the devil saying. Changes of form for evil are easy for the devil. Yep, when something's not working, he shifts. So in the night, they made such a din that the whole of the place seemed to be shaken by an earthquake. <clears throat> and the demons, as if breaking the four walls of the dwelling, seemed to enter through them, coming in the likeness of beasts and creepy things. Can you imagine this, folks? And the place was suddenly filled with forms of lions, bears, lepers, bulls, serpents, wolves. Each of them was moving according to his nature. The lion was roaring, wishing to the attack. The bull seemed to toss from its horns and the serpent writhing, but unable to approach. And the wolf, as it rushed on, was restrained. Altogether, the noise of these apparitions, with their anger raging, was dreadful. But St. Anthony of the desert, stricken and goaded by them, felt bodily pain severe still. <clears throat> he lay watching. However, with unshakable soul, groaning from the body anguish, but his mind was clear. And as in a mockery, he said, I love this. This is a saint, man. I love it. If there had been any power in you, it would have sufficed that one of you come. But since the Lord has made you weak, <laughs> fighting words, and attempt to terrify me by numbers, and a proof of your weakness is that you take the shapes of brutal beasts. And again, with the boldness, he said, this is great. He's, he's, he's offensive here. If you're able and have received power against me, delay not your attack, dude. But if you are unable, why trouble me in vain? For faith in our Lord is a seal and a wall of safety to us. So after many attempts, they gnashed their teeth at him because they were mocking themselves rather than him. That's how a saint deals with spiritual warfare, folks. Wow! With regard to plants or animals, the devil may work through them to create disturbances around them. Yeah, a priest from England was called into a blessed family's house, which was experiencing objects flying around. Wow! This story I want to tell you when we come back from the break because it's a story that I've heard not just in England but in America, people telling me that. I want to remind you that on the 14th of January, here at the Sacred Heart Chapel, we're going to have Johnny Romero and myself cover the topic of evangelization, sharing your faith with anyone. This conference will also have 
confessions after the conference available and Holy Mass. And when you're done, you're going to have the tools to try and help share the faith with anyone and bring family members back to church. The way you can register for this event is go to vmpr.org under events. And if you can't do it that way, you're not a computer whiz, just call a toll-free number. It costs you nothing. Costs, you know, we pay for the phone call. 877-526-2151 and register. Bring your family and friends. And if you can't afford the fee for the event, tell us that. We'll get you in anyway. I, I, mean, I don't want money to get in the way of you sharing the gospel with your husband, with your wife, with your children, because we know life is short and his eternity is forever. And that's why we're covering this topic, how to fight evil with the Bible. And the Bible teaches us that we need to have our faith in Jesus Christ. And the Bible also teaches us that many souls are going on a wide path to hell and that the path to heaven is narrow. And you might think that just the opposite today when you hear people talk about heaven and hell, but that's not a biblical worldview. And here at the Bible with the Barbers, we try to give you as much scripture to back your positions on spiritual warfare. So remember, how to fight evil with the Bible. When we come back, we'll talk more about that. And I'll say it again, I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money... I'd be a billionaire. Stay with us, family, for more of the Bible with the Barbers here on Virgin's Most Powerful Radio. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back. Mary will be back next week. We're talking about how to fight evil with the Bible. And there's a priest in England who was called to bless a family which was experiencing, you know, objects flying around the house. So it was going to be a house blessing. And they were saying knives and scissors were flying in the air. Okay, so he went to their home, gave a blessing, and did some, they call it deprecatory exorcisms. Afterwards, things continued to get worse than before. Therefore, he returned a second time. And the family dog was present. The priest inspired to exercise the dog. The dog, which was very calm before, suddenly went wild, growling with the most dreadful moans. And after defecating on the carpet, it finally became quite quiet again. With that, there was no longer any disturbance in the home. The fact that the devil may enter into and affect animals is clear from the story of the gospel, which relates Christ casting the legion of demons into the herd of swine, right in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 through 20. This is a time I want to make a comment to as the Bible with the barbers. I would ask you to do a little homework. It's not, it takes maybe half an hour, 20 minutes. Read the entire gospel of Matthew for, for Advent. Yeah, before Christmas, just do that. Guarantee it, you'll be edified by that. We had that homework assignment last week here at the chapel by our priest, and my wife and I did it, 
and we got we got more out of it every time we read the Bible. So the devil may sometimes influence atmospheric elements as is revealed in the story of Job, right? There we read of how the devil caused lightning to fall from heaven to strike Job's sheep and shepherds and then how he raised up a sudden great wind from the desert to strike the four corners of the earth in which the children of Job fested so that they were all killed. This is right from the Bible, Job chapter 1, verse 16 to 19. At the same time, the book of Job clearly reveals that the devil is always limited by God's permissive will in all that he does to test God's servants. You haven't heard that term permissive will. God permits evil so that good can come out of it. Yeah, that God will come. He'll, he allows it, but it's going to look at World War II. This form of infestation is sometimes the consequences of a place or the object being used for the satanic rituals or occult practices or because a curse or a spell had been placed on them. It may also be the case that local infestations occur because the devil wants to try to distract from something that is holy. For example, St. Bernadette said that the first vision of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Lourdes was disturbed by strange and unearthly noises. There were voices questioning, contradicting, and shouting. You see, they didn't want to get that message out. The devil would say, what do we got to do to stop this? Like the voices of a crowd in atonement, amidst all these confusing voices, one distinct than the rest could be heard uttering the furious, menacing cry. Flee! Flee! The vision of light has only to return her eyes for a moment towards the point when the voices appeared to come. And her one look was so effective, so endowed with sovereign authority that the voices immediately fell silent. Can you describe I me? Mean, that's Our Lady of Lords. Yeah. Beyond the range of temptation, the devil is, in rare cases, can sometimes torment or perturb a particular person more intensely. Such disturbances are known as personal infestations, can vary from the sense of physical oppression and unexplainable weariness to the more serious case of sickness and wounds which are not medically explained. I just want to say that all my exorcist friends that I know have told me the greatest thing we can do to stay away from evil is to go to confession on a regular basis. <clears throat> and we could say, what's a regular basis? Well, <clears throat> the saints tell us once a month. And once a month is not asking too much. As a matter of fact, right now this is Advent. A lot of parishes are doing their penance services. It makes it even easier yet six or seven priests in a parish hearing confessions. So I would recommend that you go to confession 
not only for Advent, but the New Year's resolution that's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks. What can I do? Well, you know, a New Year's resolution, go for a walk, is a good idea, an exercise for the new year. But I'll tell you what's even better. What's better is a spiritual exercise that says, I am going to, uh, I'm going to go to Mass often as I can. I'm going to go to confession at least once a month. I'm going to uh, fulfill my duties in my state in life, uh, which is really good. <clears throat> Follow the spiritual guidance of a spiritual director. <coughs> Here's another good one. Center all of our activities around Holy Mass. Uh, spend a few hours of recollection each week <coughs> before the Blessed Sacrament. <coughs> and consider how you're directing your life towards God. Here's another one for the new year. Make this practice. Stay in the presence of God. Be aware that He is always close to you. Try to please Him in everything as a child tries to please her parents. The other thing, <clears throat> ask Jesus Christ for more faith every day as a New Year's resolution. Yep, that'll, that'll change your, your life, I guarantee it. Thank God for the graces that He constantly has given you. His attitude of gratitude is welcome just about everywhere. Do everything for the love of God. Remember Our Lady said that. I talk about it all the time. Make everything a sacrifice. Give it all to Jesus. Always purify your intentions. Make acts of contrition and atonement for your sins and the sins of others. Our Lady of Fatima's message. Souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Can I make another suggestion to stay away from evil? Every Sunday, attend Mass, right? Receive Holy Communion. Cultivate your heart in great zeal for the Trinity, the Blessed Trinity. Dedicate that day to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mondays, <clears throat> dedicate that for the souls of purgatory. Yeah, pray for those souls and relatives and friends. New Year's resolutions, yeah, any of those are great. Tuesday is dedicated to your guardian angel. Ask your guardian angel for help every day. And Wednesday is dedicated to St. Joseph. Pray to St. Joseph that you have obtained a good and holy death. That's He's the patron of that. <clears throat> and then on Thursdays, every Thursday, dedicated to the Holy Eucharist. Throughout the day, say many spiritual communions. Make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament. You know, think about what we do at the Opus Angelum. We try to Pray before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament every Thursday evening. And think about that first Thursday where the Blessed Sacrament instituted, you know? Friday, of course, the passion of death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I did the Stations of the Cross early this morning because it's Friday. It was beautiful. Nobody bothered me. It was in church. We have the church here. Go and do the Stations at home even. Every Friday. Try it. Saturday, Dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Pray the rosary every day, but especially on Saturdays. And ask Our Lady to bring you closer to her son. Because if you think about that's the role Mary had, a biblical role. We have Christmas coming up in two weeks. She brought Christ to us with the virgin birth. Wow. And she hasn't stopped for 2,000 years. 
She's doing this. Her role has not changed, bringing us to Jesus Christ. That's true devotion to Our Lady. Well, I'm going to say that this show, How to Fight Evil with the Bible, I've given you a lot of scripture verses to go to, catechism verses. Um, I gave you that wonderful story about the miraculous medal and how uh, the man who got the medal for saving the little boy's life, the little boy ended up becoming a Catholic priest and heard his final confession before he died the next day. You know, um, somebody was praying for that man, probably that woman who, uh, his his mother, right? Uh, the, not my, the mother of the priest was probably praying for that man the rest of her life, and he was given the grace of conversion and renewal. I want to thank everybody who supports us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio, especially the monthly donors. We have monthly bills. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. If you'd like to be a monthly donor as a New Year's resolution, go to vmpr.org and sign up. We get you all kinds of downloads for free. $25 a month, and I'm going to send you hundreds of dollars worth of recordings every month to form you in the love of Christ and the teachings of the church the perennial teachings of the church, I might add. If you want to just sign up on the phone, you can call 877-526-2151. I think I'm the only knucklehead for 20 years that's been on the radio that consistently gives out a cell phone. Why? Because I want you to get to heaven, and if I can help you, I will. Eight, my phone, my cell number is 661-972-7872. And I do that because I love you, because God loves you. And if you really believe that, your life will be turned around, because if God stopped thinking about you, you would cease to exist. That's how much he loves you much more than I do. And I love you, because I want to see all souls get to heaven, because that's what we were destined for. And we have to remember, life is short, and eternity is forever. So, homework? Read the Gospel of Matthew before Christmas. you got 10 days. It's about a 25-minute read. But I guarantee you, you'll get a lot out of doing that. And here at the Bible with the Barbers, we thank you for wanting, having a great love for God's Word. And the inspired Word of God is so important in our lives. And I know you know that. I hope and pray that your family members and all the people you touch will have a great love for Scripture. Because it's God's love letter to all of us. And again, all those people who support us, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Couldn't do it without you. It's been a real blessing in the life of the Virgin Most Powerful Radio staff. Jesse and myself and all the others appreciate all that you do for us and the church. May God richly bless you and your family.